Welcome to the One Player Podcast, the show on solitaire board games. I'm your host, Albert, and this is episode 279. Travel the stars for the seven seas. Who am I to disagree? I think I think you should start over, Julius. I don't know any more of the words of the song, though. Sweet dreams are that. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll, no, no, I think we're perfectly good just the way we are. <laughs> okay, we could be even perfectly better, though. <laughs> We'll take it. <laughs> how are you doing today, Albert? Doing great, Julius. How are you? That's what I get for appropriating a song that you know better. <laughs> yeah, well, I was just, I was listening to it recently. So we missed a week. We missed a week of recording because I totally forgot it was Tuesday last week. I don't know if it's called missing a week when you know everyone's busy for Thanksgiving. There's excitement going on. Lots of fun I wasn't stuff. busy. I was. I was at home on vacation doing nothing. I was, I've been programming. I made an Android app and I was distracted with that. That's probably what I was doing. When I was, supposed to I was busy. Were you? Oh, you were busy. Okay. That's your fault then. Oh. <laughs> well, I didn't realize it until like the next day and they were like, eh, let's just wait till next week. So, so here are folks a week late, but better for it. So today we are going to be talking about something else that was missing, the search for Planet X. Okay, that sounds like a cool game. It is. I don't know anything about it. The idea for Search for Planet X is that you work at one of four rival observatories, and there is a (laughs) Planet X that has been detected but has not been plotted in the solar systems. And your job is to try and identify what is in each of the different segments of the sky so that you can accurately find Planet X. This is a deduction type of game. So you're going to have Mm, uh, clues that are going to help you find it. There's going to be references and rules for how the different things across the skyboard will interact and there's an app that you're going to be feeding all of your information into and there's an app that will control the solo bot when you're playing with solo okay is this is this a game based on on science or science fiction like i've heard that there might be a planet x out there in our solar system somewhere beyond pluto that they haven't yet to find or maybe they did find it recently i don't know i mean i strongly suspect that science doesn't usually concern itself with like rules that asteroids have to neighbor asteroids and can only appear in the seven and nine <laughs> position. So I don't know what you mean by science or science fiction. Okay. The premise of hunting for planets by using a telescope is definitely science. The premise of using deductive logic to search for it is decidedly less so, although then you come into things like gravitational plotting and determining mm-hmm. where planets are from other things moving around. But, but you're not doing really that in this of, game. Absolutely not. It's really all you're doing is a bunch of math in this game. Okay. That sounds like science. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So, okay. So this is a deduction game. That's interesting. Um, Indeed. M- most of the deduction games I'm used to are multiplayer, like Clue or Mystery of the Abbey. Nope. This is entirely just one. This is very solo friendly, but it is just a deduction type game. Okay. Well, cool. Let's hear more about it then. So, so we now know about the a summary of the game. We know a tiny bit about the theme. Tell us about the rules. So with this game, 
with this game, what you're trying to do is you're trying to identify the where Planet X is and where all the different space sectors contain. The rules, I think, go through that very well. I think that the only thing I would have potentially done differently is that when you already are using an app and it's a pretty well-designed app, Hmm. I think that the companion app could have gone through a demo game and explained to you the value and the benefit of certain actions and how the actions all work. You already have an app. Like, use that more... Use that more highly, I just think. Mm-hmm. But, but no, they didn't. Okay. Though I, though I will say that I tend to like figuring out things on my own. Um, <laughs> so don't really like examples on apps so much. Well, I think that in this one, the rules are very clear. Okay. And they make it very easy to understand everything. I think that even sometimes I what literally happened is that the rules explain something very clearly. And I, after I played the game, I'm like, well, I didn't it tell me that I could just do this. It would have made it so easier. And I read the rules and you're like, <laughs> oh, oh, it, it did. Oh, <laughs> specifically what I'm referring to is because it's a deduction game. I, you want to record everything that's going on, what the results are and what ideas you have for things. And the, and I started doing it in full writing out in full everything, that's where I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. It's taking me far too long <laughs> to write out everything that's happening. So in the end, I started using a made-up set of shorthands. I'm like, why doesn't it provide any sort of shorthand or reference it? And then I got into like, oh, it, it actually it, it does. <laughs> I'm, I'm dumb. Whoops. Okay. So yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe an app will be useful. I'll admit it. I get so many games wrong that I probably should look at the examples once in a while. Probably. Eh, part the part of the fun is figuring it out. But I think the rules are really well designed, and I th- was okay. definitely easily able to figure out how to play the game. So highly recommend that one. Okay. Well, cool. Um, that case, how about the components? Looks like it got it has some pretty neat components. So I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna cheat. <laughs> I'm going to cheat for this one because the copy that I got from Renegade was being sold at a point in time when they were bundling it also with their deluxe tokens. The Uh. the game theoretically comes with cardboard tokens for the targets and the theories. The bundle that I got, they, it cost nothing extra because they were trying to bundle it. um, Gave these nice metal target tokens and these Palmer clay theory tokens that are really nice. Like they're not, they're, they're these sort of thing that are out of splendor. They don't have quite mm-hmm. the heft of that, but they're really deluxe tokens. And there's also miniatures for the player pawns, as well as an individual holder, almost game trays esque for those different components. And with the deluxe things, they're deluxe. They're really nice. And when they don't cost anything more than the actual game, if you can get that bundle, get the yeah, bundle. It's really absolutely. good. Is um, that still I, available? They recently were doing the same bundle uh, if you would have purchased it through Black Friday. And I purchased it a while back. 
Um, I don't know if it was on Black Friday or some other sale they've been doing, but I imagine the sale will come back again. And mm-hmm. I think that it was a highly worth it to wait for that sale because the deluxe tokens are really nice. Okay. Otherwise, they're just cardboard tokens. It's not like it takes anything away from the experience. <laughs> um, unless you have the upgrade tokens, and that case it takes a lot away from it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess you could say that. Uh, yeah. In terms of other components, let me talk about some more central ones. And by that, I mean the solar system board. There is on the center of the table a giant board, which is essentially a circle, even though it's technically square. But it's a circle. And the idea of it is, is you take a thick disk, which represents the sun, and put it right in a hole in the center of the board. And around that, there's going to be another cardboard circle-ish piece uh, which is the earth board that you'll put on the sun disk and then it'll be able to rotate around that sun disk. So therefore you'll be able to see the earth rotating around the sun on the board. Ah, okay. And the reason why this is useful is because by having the earth rotating around the sun, you'll be able to depict which parts of the sky are visible during a given season. So for example, if you're starting in the winter season, so then that half of the board, so winter, a little bit of summer, a little bit of fall, or a little bit of spring, a little bit of fall, will all be open and accessible to you. And every time players are taking actions, you'll be continuing to rotate the earth board around that sun disk, and that will continue to show you where the visible sky is. This was a wonderful analog way of doing it. They could have, there, there are definitely other ways to have conceptualized this, but this is a mm-hmm. wonderful way of doing it. Mm-hmm. That looks really cool. And it, that, that earth board has a little picture of the earth and half of it is lit by the sun and the half facing away from the sun is dark. Exactly. That is so neat. That, that is actually really cool to see. Excellent attention to details. Another excellent attention to detail point is each of the different, each of the different segments each of the different faces of the square board the square solar system board has Mm -hmm. a demarcation for the season that it is so winter spring summer fall the reason why that's important is because you have each player sit by one of the sides of the board and then there are four different note sheets one for each season you'll take a note sheet that corresponds to the side of the board that you're on so if you're on the fall side you'll take a fall note sheet that means that the board is automatically oriented to your notepad because your notepad will have, if you're in fall, it'll have segment one all the way in the top. If you're in winter, it'll have segment one all the way on the bottom. So you don't have to rotate the notepad or realize any of that. It's just quick, easy, and set up right there for you. A plus. Nicely done. In addition... There are screens that you can use to hide your notes that other players can't see them. Each of the screens are are in a color of one of the player pawns, and none of the player pawns directly match the colors of the seasons. So, like fall, you know, you can you could justify fall for a number of colors. The colors for the player pawns are red, yellow, purple, and blue, and those don't really show up on the rest of the board. So it was good of them to make sure that they weren't having confusion to mm. make people think mm-hmm. like fall has to be a certain color or anything like that. 
So you're very free to have whatever color borders that you want. The game does have an expert mode that you can employ by turning over the solar system board, which makes there be more segments on the board and the segments get a little smaller. And then when you're doing that, there's an expert panel that you will slot into the player's screen to give you some more extra information. Hmm, um, and that is all of the components. Oh, and there's an app too, which I believe counts as a component for this kind of game. Uh, the app is very well designed, very clear. It's does not have a whole lot of fluff. It's simple and straightforward and that's fine. That's fine. Okay. The app allows you to interact with multiple players. So if you pull up in a random scenario or a random arrangement, it'll give you a code for it. So someone else can plug that into their app too. And then at that point in time, there's no interaction between them. Uh, everyone can use their own app. You can pass the app around the board. So all of that works just fine. Nice. Okay. It's a web-based app or do you install it? Uh, it is installed. Okay. And it's done by Renegade. So, you know, they have a good track record of well-designed apps. And I think even you can install, I think there is a web version of it. There is also a, a paper version of it, which <laughs> to my mind is kind of amazing because what they've done is they've essentially pre-generated a number of different layouts for the rules and the layouts of the board and the starting information, et cetera, and then put that all on paper. So theoretically you can have a game master sit and print everything out and cut it all out. And you don't have to play with the app at all. And there's a number of different scenarios that you can do that and cool. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> I would never want to do that myself because I don't have any issues with doing it from the app, but that's really <laughs> funny that they do that. Mm -hmm. well, but then I guess that, well, no, that you can't play this game on Shabbos at all. Can you? Oh no. Cause you need to write okay. and take notes. Yeah. Uh, it's and you, possible whether it's the app or write it on <laughs> and, and get a whole intense series of note taking things. But no, I think that probably falls under the category of not a normal way of doing it and just not going to be not not available. <laughs> yeah, it's fine for the rest of the week. Yeah, so there is a web-based version of the app. It's web.planetxapp.com. Well, there you go. So there you can play it, and, and I click a couple buttons, and every time I do that, it makes really loud sounds in my headphones that freak me out <laughs> as you're talking. It's, it sounds like it has nice sound effects. I'm just going to end the game and reveal the objects. But it's not very graphic, graphic-y that I can see. No, I told you. it's. it's it does not have a lot of frills. Not at all. But it looks pretty, and it, it's well done. Sure. But it's simple. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's that's what you need. Yeah. Functionality. Um, What do you think about the theme, then? Do you feel like you're looking for a planet? Yes. Sounds, I'm, yeah, I was going to say, I'm <laughs> guessing you would. Yeah. The the game certainly feels like you're looking for a planet because it's it's got all this it's it's deductive. It is not a game where you're spending action points to go around and do other stuff. It is an intellectual game where you are using intellectual skills to do it. Mm -hmm. The the mechanic for this game is be smart. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> so then tell us about the gameplay. So let me go through them. I mean, there are mechanics and let's go through them in that case. 
Um, the biggest one is going to be how there's a time track. So around the outside edge of the board, each player has a pawn. Whoever is the farthest back on the time track is going to be the person to take the next turn. The solar board will always, the earth board rather, will always be spinning to catch up to that person. So it'll always be showing, starting for that person, where the rest of the visible sky is. So when it's your turn, you'll always have from where you are on the board through halfway into the future is how much of the visible sky you'll have at that point in time. Um, on your turn, you'll be able to pick one of various different actions and the different actions will have different amount of time that they will take. So for example, if you take research action, it only takes one time. So you will move forward. If you have landed in the same spot as someone else, they will get to go first. Otherwise, if you're still the farthest behind, you will get to take another action. There are only four actions for the whole game. The first is, as I mentioned, research. When you set up the game, it tells you that there are, I think it's eight different topics that you can learn about to tell you different rules for how the game works. Uh, so for example, it can say that planet X is within two sectors of an asteroid, or it can say that comets are not opposite from a gas planet, various different, or gas cloud, excuse me. So all sorts of different rules for how the game logic will apply for that specific game. And you can then use those to locate planet X. The other action you can take is you can survey. What survey means is you'll pick a range of sectors and you'll ask how many of a certain thing is in there. So for example, from sector two to sector nine, how many asteroids are there? And the app will spit out one or two or three or however many it is that exist in that range. The amount of time it takes is based on how narrow your survey is. So if your survey is very broad, it could take only two time. If your survey is very narrow, or sorry, if, it, if it's very broad, it only takes two. If your survey is very narrow, it can take four. You also have the ability to target a sector. When you're targeting a sector, it costs a full time, but you can use the target action to just take a look and see what is in a specific sector. If there's an asteroid, there's a gas cloud, who knows what. With all of these things, though, planet X always appears empty. So there are empty spaces and there's planet X, but you can't tell the difference without using some of the deductive rules. So you'll never randomly target it. You can't survey for planet X. You can only survey for empty spaces and there's a whole bunch of empty spaces. And only by using your other deductive skills will you be able to identify which of the empty spaces is planet X. The last of the actions that you can take is locate planet X. If you believe you know where planet X is and you know what is next to planet X, you can take an action to locate it. You'll then plug in what you think is next to planet X and where planet X is. If you get it right, then we move to the end game and you're going to get some bonus points. If you get it wrong, well, we've wasted time. Hmm. everyone is going to be given some starting information that they will be able to use to try and deduce what is in all the different sectors. 
In addition, across the course of the game, there'll be two Planet X conferences where you'll get some additional information specifically related to Planet X. So the rest of the time, the information that you can get using research or using your starting information will relate to other aspects of the Skyboard, but won't relate to Planet X. During the conference phase, you'll be able to get information specifically about rules regarding Planet X. The way the conference phase is triggered is as the sunboard marches along, there'll be certain times when it's pointing to spots that have the Planet X conference icon. At that point in time, you'll reveal the conference phase information. There will also be theory phases. And again, these are denoted by having the, the Earth board rotating around and touching those. On the theory phase, this is going to be an opportunity to get some additional points. When you're doing a theory, everyone will grab some tokens, uh, and you can pick zero, one, or if you're in expert mode, two, and you can essentially bid to show that you have them, and then going around the board, everyone will put those face down on certain slots. Then they will move down a little bit closer. After three theory phases from when you put one down, the theory phases will reach the end of their own little tracks and we will reveal that theory. If you're correct, then it stays there and everyone now has access to that information, but you've locked in that you're going to be getting bonus points for that theory. Different elements will have different theory points awarded to them at the end of the game. So for example, um, asteroids are going to be scoring the least, whereas gas clouds and, and dwarf planets will score more, depending mm -hmm. upon whether or not you're in expert or standard mode. Mm -hmm. um, so different ones will have be worth different points based on whether you're correct. And then if you're the first person to do it, then you get an extra bonus point. So it's advantageous to try and get in there first. But other people, while it's slowly advancing, will have other opportunities to try and submit some of their own. Um, last, so lastly, if you've got in a, a final guess for what planet X is, you'll plug that in. And again, that will begin the end game effect. You'll then move forward five time as the cost for doing the planet X research. Everyone else will be able to go around the board and they will either submit some theories to get some extra points that way, or they can take an attempt to guess planet X. Their guesses for planet X will be based on how, how close they are to you. So if they're really close to you before you took that five point jump, then they will get 10 points. If they're a couple steps ahead of you, then they will get, all the way down to two or even less points. So they have hmm. to judge what it is that they want to do based on how close they were in time to me. I will say, um, and I haven't really commented about any of the rules being confusing, but this specific point was confusing to me because hmm. since only the first person to do this jumps ahead five time and everyone else does not, it's equivalent I mean, they could have said it that that person doesn't jump ahead and everyone gets 10 points based on how close they are in time to that person rather than saying the person who is closest to five points behind where the current person is gets 10 points. I just don't know why they set it up that way. Ah, shrug. Convoluted, yeah. But they That's decided they want to set it up that way. So I don't think you specifically said it, but sure sounds like this is not a cooperative game. It's a competitive game. 
Oh, yes, it is a competitive game. I thought I mentioned that at the beginning. You were all Maybe competing yep. to be able to identify what it is. Okay. But you are definitely racing to try and score who gets Planet X first. Uh, once everyone has taken their final turn, their final action to either submit a theory or locate Planet X, you will then total up points awarded from leader bonuses, correct theories, and finding Planet X. If you have the highest amount of points for that, then you have won and you are the Ooh. most famous observatory ever, I guess. And now you could rename that darn Planet X to something more meaningful like Planet Julius. Um. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Or Planet Nine, which is the last time something like that happened in the rules. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Cause, you know, in my mind, Planet, you know, Pluto is always the ninth planet, and Planet X was X because it was both unknown and the tenth planet. So now Planet X name is kind of confusing and not as exciting. So we need Maybe. to rename it no matter what. Yeah. Maybe. Mm hmm. But I believe that's. All the gameplay. Okay. Well, it sounds straightforward enough. I mean, it's it, there isn't a whole lot of different things to do. Like you said, it's really all about using your smarts, and that's the main mechanic is fig figuring out the the answer it, and the deduction. Right. Everything else comes down to just trying to get the least amount of hints necessary before you use your deductive ability to solve the puzzle and <laughs> reach that before anyone mm -hmm. else can get to it. When you're playing solo, essentially what will happen is there's a bot that when it's the bot's turn, you will ask the app to tell you what the bot does. The app will always tell you, hey, the bot is supposed to be here to uh, make sure you haven't put it somewhere wrong. So it's constantly t making sure that you're in the right spot. Okay. I have yet to mess it up, but I'm happy that it tells me because I'm sure somebody has. Mm -hmm. um, so it tells you where the bot is, what the bot does. The player sheets give you the a spot to track what everyone else is doing for their turns because it's useful. It's especially useful if the bot, because the bot will never do something wrong. Another player may take a guess when they're doing a theory, and sometimes you have to weigh, well, are they right? Have they messed up? The bot doesn't mess up. So <laughs> it's especially important to track what the bot does, but probably also just as important to track other players. Okay. And bot doesn't sound like this bot cheats either. It the bot, like bot. I have I have no idea if the bot cheats <laughs> because I've yet to beat the bot. Oh, okay, that's hard. So this game actually but I sounds probably like... start playing easier. <laughs> mm. <laughs> this sounds like this is a better solo game than than multiplayer game in that it, if the if the players are not evenly matched, it, it'll the better player will win most of the time. I think, so... and it's a bigger issue with this kind of game. I, I was about to say, I was about to say, I should probably play on an easier mode. So there mm -hmm. is the expert, which changes for everyone how much information you how much information you have to deal with because it changes how many sectors there are. But even when you're playing with a multiplayer game, you do have the ability to change how much difficulty each player has. So if they're being you know, if they're completely new to it, you can give them 12 facts to begin the game with. If they're an absolute genius, they can have zero facts to begin the game. Ah, uh, okay. So you can change things and make it harder or easier for different players if you so chose. Mm -hmm. that I haven't needed to do that. 
Okay. So all the players have been have seemed pretty equal, you think? Um well the only times that I've played it multiplayer ah. I felt like the players were equal and we didn't have that particular information. So okay. yeah. Okay. Well that's good then. Not that it matters, this is a solo game podcast. It is a solo game podcast, and I'll tell you, for me, I really enjoy playing the game solo. I greatly enjoy deductive games, and mm-hmm. when I'm sitting there trying to figure something out, I don't have to worry about another player who's impatiently waiting to dazzle me with their brilliance. <laughs> when I'm playing with the bot, the bot is obviously more brilliant than I am, because I don't understand how they've figured the solution out. And I'm a little tempted to go back and I really should, because I'm keeping track of what the bot does. And theoretically I can go sit in the bot's seat, open up Mm -hmm. the same game code and literally take the bot's turns and see if I can figure it out, sitting in their seat, doing the same thing they did and figure it out just as fast as they did. And I never tried that because I've never thought of it till I'm sitting here recording this podcast, (laughs) but now I'm going to, because I don't understand how the bot is solving these things because the bot is pretty smart. And so usually the bot will be like, hey, I've found Planet X. And every time I've played this, which granted, we're only at a handful. We're not more than a handful yet. Yet. Um, Every time I've played it, I sat there, all right, the bot is about to win the game. It's definitely already won the game because it both (laughs) has more correct theories and it's found Planet X before me. But I have a chance right now to find Planet X. Yep. Okay. Catch up some. I can find Planet X right this minute. What can I do <laughs> right now to find Planet X? Is there anything I can do? And I have no issues with sitting there taking 10 minutes right then trying to think through all of the logic that I can possibly use to solve and find Planet X, and if not, whether I can submit two theories correctly that I haven't already submitted. Because if I can submit theories, then at least I get two points. Mm. Or actually, at least I get, theoretically, I get two points for leader bonus or whatever it is because there's usually a lot of spaces to do leader bonus and theory bonuses and things like that. Like, there's plenty of spots I can go get at least something for doing some theories what can I possibly cudgel together? If I were playing with a human opponent and that human opponent is saying the entire time, hey, I won, hey, I won, hey, I won, I want to show everyone how awesome I am because I just won, <laughs> I'd be like, all right, fine. You won. You got it. And I wouldn't get to actually finish any more of the puzzle. But with this one, I can finish the puzzle. In fact, That's even neat. after the bots got it, there's nothing stopping me from playing the game. The The app is perfectly content to let you continue spinning around the board, oh, neat. continue okay. to do survey, continue to do research, continue to target. You can get some additional information, see, well, how much extra time will it take me to find Planet X? And the answer That's is neat that much you longer do that. than I needed. Yeah. <laughs> you can go have fun with your game. And the first time I got it, I'm like, man, I feel like I was really close. So I tried it. And the game just let me. I was like, oh game you are my friend (laughs) this is a nice game that doesn't cheat i don't know if the game doesn't cheat and well we'll assume it doesn't don't don't go yeah don't go and and uh try and play as the bot just to see because uh, i think if you do it'll it'll shorten the lifespan for you 
You think so? I think if you have solved how to play it better, yeah, you'll get less plays out of it. Uh, Maybe. Yeah, up to a point, right? If you're constantly losing and losing and losing, eventually you get tired of that. So, But I think until you're tired of it, I'm don't, not tired don't. of it yet. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually still set up. It's waiting for me to play another game oh. <laughs> right now. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, I'd, I'd say wait. Just play the game and enjoy that before you uh, before you ch- try the bots. Unless, of course, it is turn, does turn out it's cheating. But in that case, you don't want to know that either. I, I don't. I mean, I, I kind of want to know. Okay. I'm a little tempted to see if anybody else knows. Because I know that they are actively discussing the game in the forums. So much mm-hmm. so I think there's even another version of it that's coming out. I think it's the search the search for something. Search for the Lost Species is another oh. version of it. It's the follow-up game to Search for Planet X. I think it's not out yet. But they're still involved with it. Mm-hmm. Well, so that sounds cool. Okay. And I like the idea of the sequel being searching for a lost species. And it's not, it doesn't sound like it. Well, I don't know if it's space or not. That could be anything. Right? It could be the missing link in humanity or something even. No, no, no. They're not doing It's It's missing it's species. Okay. Well, like okay. Animal species. Animals. Okay. That sounds neat. This sounds like a fun game, Julius. I, I, I like a deduction type stuff too and, and logic. You, you have to like deduction. I mean, again, I think we mentioned that I went to the LSATs because yes. I love deduction and logic puzzles. This is up my alley. <laughs> this is the sort of game that I like. I like deduction. I like solving puzzles. Um, this is like all the logic puzzles I used to pull out of the books and go through, except it's a board game version mm-hmm. with bits and pieces to move around and all of the enjoyment that I got out of the board game with all the thought that I put into a logic puzzle. It's so much fun. This is so much fun. <laughs> that is neat. Yeah. I, that, that sounds fun. It really does. I don't think I want to play with anybody else in person again, though. <laughs> I'm too slow. This is a solo only game thing. Got it. I don't know. I should really try. I should really try more more multiplayer games of this. I've only done one multiplayer version, multiplayer play of it. So I really should try some more multiplayer before I'm really fixed in that opinion. Does your family yeah. enjoy it so far? I mean, you said you haven't no. played much. Oh, well, then there you go. It's a solo only game. No, my family does not enjoy it. My kids are too young to appreciate the the sitting there and thinking about something. They're like. Mm-hmm. I don't see the solution. Thinking is boring. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. It's a solitaire game. Yeah. Perfect for this podcast. And I'm enjoying it. Yeah. <laughs> Sweet. Thank you, Julius. I, I, I've enjoyed hearing about this. Well, good, Albert. I'm glad I was helping to find your own little Planet X. <laughs> and thank you, everyone, for listening in. Uh, have a good evening. Good night, everybody. Thanks for listening. We love feedback, so we love hearing from you. You can reach me at Julius at OnePlayerPodcast.com or JLBird on BGG. And Albert can be reached at Albert at OnePlayerPodcast.com or Fractaloon on BGG. Our website is OnePlayerPodcast.com with the number one, and we're also on Twitter at OnePlayerPodcast. The intro music is copyright Angus, can be found at Gemendo.com. The transition music is copyright by Dan Elduce Pancaldi, whose page is at DanPancaldi.com. The One Player Podcast is protected under a Creative Commons share-alike license. Thanks for listening.